the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was no longer limited to only certain select men, but was poured out upon all flesh, even male and female slaves and servants. What an amazing time, and we're moving toward that period in our study in the Book of John with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Mike Trout. And this is an outreach of Church of the Highlands and on the web at studyversebyverse.com. Pastor Layton has been in the book of John for a number of weeks, and he'll continue in chapter 7, right around verse 40 in just a moment. If you'd like to know more about the church, and I encourage you to do that, go to highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Now, Jesus was not yet glorified, as referenced here, and that's a reference to his ascension into heavenly glory. And it was only after Jesus ascended that God sent the Holy Spirit, and Acts chapter 2 took place. And since that time, all Christians, all believers, received the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. Verse 40, when they heard these words, some of the people said, This really is the prophet. So some of the people were convinced that Jesus was the prophet of whom Moses wrote about in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And some identified the prophet as a reference to the Messiah and others as as to a forerunner. Their knowledge may not have been complete, but they were convinced that Jesus was from God. And yet others had an even more clear understanding who Jesus was. They said, this is the Christ. Now they had been intimidated into silence earlier, but Now they proclaimed it loudly. Verse 41, others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? And so there was a division among the people over him. And some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. They said, surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? I mean, hasn't the scripture said that he's going to be a descendant of David? Do you know that Jesus was a descendant of David? Not only through Joseph, but also through Mary. When you read their genealogies provided in Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, you find out he was duly accredited, if you will, to the throne of David. And furthermore, they assumed that since he was from Nazareth, that's where he was born, but he was actually born in Bethlehem, which also fulfilled those prophecies concerning the Messiah as well. So he met all of the qualifications. But the people didn't know what they needed to know in order to draw the conclusions. And for the third time, there was an attempt made to seize Jesus that was unsuccessful. No one laid hands on him. Verse 45, the officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? The officers answered, no one has ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is cursed. 
So they come, the officers come back to the authorities and are asked why they didn't bring Jesus back with them. And they said, never has a man spoken in the way this man speaks. Jesus, the power of Jesus' words in person left them stunned. They didn't know what to do with him. And the Pharisees said, well, no one of the rulers of the Pharisees has believed in him, has he? And what that was was a challenge to anyone who might speak on behalf of Jesus. None of us believe in him, do we? Pharisees had a phrase that they used to describe the common people of the land. They called them the people of the land. And uh, the rabbinic law said six things are laid down about the people of the land. Entrust no testimony to them. Take no testimony from them. Uh, do, uh, trust them with no secret. Do not appoint them the guardians of an orphan. Do not make them custodians of charitable funds. Do not accompany them on a journey. Furthermore, it was forbidden to be a guest of a commoner, people of the land, and one was never to entertain a commoner, one of the people of the land. In their arrogance and snobbery, they looked down upon the ordinary person. Nobody who was spiritually or academically of any account has believed on Jesus. Only ignorant fools believe in him, is what they were trying to say. You know, it's always a terrible thing when somebody thinks of themselves too highly or too clever to need Jesus. And it still happens today. Verse 50, Nicodemus, who had gone to him before and who was one of them, a Pharisee, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he, what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Now, remember we were introduced to Nicodemus in chapter 3. He was perhaps one of the most prominent teachers throughout the nation of Israel at that time. He came to Jesus by night. And here he does not openly defend Jesus, but he does bring up a procedural point in Jesus' favor. He says, um, our law does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing. Does it? That's interesting because... The uh, religious leaders had condemned the multitude for not knowing the law. And Nicodemus here puts his finger on their own disregard for the law. (laughs) And the guardians of the law do not keep the law. That's something that hasn't changed either, has it? The apostle John loves irony. They were not in any mood to be fair. They didn't want to hear anything. Their minds were already closed. So they taunted Nicodemus, trying to shut him up, saying, You're not from Galilee too, are you? It was a a, a demeaning insult to him. And then they mockingly challenged him. He said, Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. Which, by the way, was not a true statement because if they knew the scriptures, they would know that Jonah came from Galilee, who was a prophet of God. So, <clears throat> and so possibly was Nahum and Hosea and a few other prophets as well. So they exposed their own lack of knowledge and their challenge as well. But they weren't interested in listening to anything Jesus had to say or, or listening, putting him on a fair trial at all. They'd already made up their minds what they thought about him. Now, there's a couple of things that we can take home with us from our uh, today. I mean, this is so f- filled with 
insights. One, one of the things that we can take home with us is this. That the first time that Jesus went to Jerusalem, he cleansed the temple. This time, he taught in the temple. Cleansing precedes teaching. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we want to be taught, if we want to learn, we need to be cleansed. We need to ask God to come in and remove anything within us that is offensive to God. In the physical temple, it was the money changers and the cattle. Well, there might be things in us that are offensive to God. And then the psalmist in Psalm 66, 18 said, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if there's sin, not only will I not hear from the Lord, the Lord's not going to hear me either. So we need to be cleansed of anything that might impede being taught and being teachable. Over the decades, from time to time, I've heard people say things after leaving a sanctuary where the Word of God was taught, say things like, well, that was a waste of time. That sermon had no value. Jesus said, my word will not return void. How much value does a voided check have? None, right? So what Jesus was saying is, my word will not return valueless. Anytime God's word is preached, there is always value. And if somebody walks out of a place where God's word has been preached, saying that was a waste of time, there was no value there, that's not an indictment against the preacher and it's not an indictment against the church. It's an indictment against that individual who has something inside of them that is impeding the teaching of God's word. God's word always has value. And then I think there is this as well. I want to underscore this. Isaiah wrote, seek the Lord while he may be found. The apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians said, behold, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. The writer of Hebrews says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If the Holy Spirit has been talking with you today, I beseech you, make this the day of salvation. Make this the day you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do not assume, well, I'll come back next week, or I'll come back sometime that's more convenient. I remember hearing a story many, many years ago when I was young of a, of a pastor who was in the pulpit and he was he made, making an appeal to the congregation. He, he felt so strong in the Holy Spirit that he needed to talk with a certain individual. And he looked him straight in the eye and said, you need to come to Jesus today. You need to come to Jesus today. And the man that he was talking with knew that it was God who was speaking through the preacher talking at him that day. Their eyes met. You could see the man was thinking for a moment and then decided it was not a convenient day for him. And that night, that man was killed in an accident. None of us have any guarantees that there's going to be a tomorrow. None of us have any guarantees 
that we're going to have another opportunity for salvation. You know, it's entirely possible some of us might wake up and part of us are gone because we got raptured. Or we may have an accident and not have it tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. If you just joined us, you are listening to a broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely is our teacher, and he's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And at this moment in the service when this message was shared, um, he extended an invitation to those who perhaps were ready to make a decision to follow Christ and give their life over to him in uh, service and commitment. If you'd like to have more information about what it means to be a Christian, you can learn more by contacting us at Church of the Highlands. The uh, contact information is on our website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Of course, all the other details about the church can be found there as well. Perhaps some of you are looking for a church home, somewhere you can worship, bring your family, and also serve I encourage you to check out Church of the Highlands, especially if you're in the San Bruno area. Again, that's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Have a great weekend, and uh, join us again on Monday, if you can, at this same time when we'll be back to open the Word of God and study verse by verse.